Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Weimer. Sound good? Awesome. Did you bring a Bible today? I bet you did. You got a phone. Bet you did. Why don't you uh, open up your Bible, if you would. We're we're starting a brand new series today, and throughout the remainder of the month of January, we're going to be focusing on this theme, Dreamer. Can someone say Dreamer? We're going to look at specifically the life and characteristics of a, a young man in the book of Genesis named Joseph, and Joseph was a dreamer. I think Joseph's life, as inspiring as it is, is not just a story unto itself. It is a a bit of groundwork for you and I as potential dreamers that we can learn from a fellow dreamer and uh, learn what to and what not to do, okay? We're we're talking about dreams. I really believe that over the last uh, number of months, for a lot of people, dreaming has become more of a nightmare. For a lot of people, their wildest dreams, in a negative sense, have come true. Uh, For a lot, they seem like, man, unfolding before me, it's like, am I sleeping? Would you pinch me? I feel like we're we're repeating the same old, same old. And for many people, they have stopped dreaming altogether. In fact, I I talked to a lot of people. I was talking to someone just last week about the new year. And, uh, and they said, you know what, I've just made this determination, and I know it's kind of crazy, but I'm just kind of making the choice. Again, I know it's sort of crazy, but it's for my own mental health and for my own well-being. I just have to do it, but I've just made the choice that I'm going to believe it's going to be a good year. I know it's kind of crazy. And I thought, what's crazy is that you had to explain five times that you thought it might be a good year, when for your whole life... The first thing you say is happy new year. That's what's crazy. Is that you now feel apologetic that you you know I know yeah man yeah sorry. What kind of a Canadian response is that? I just apologize that I kind of was thinking things might be okay. We've stopped dreaming. I don't you love getting around a dreamer? Don't you love being around someone who's like well, everything's possible and there's something contagious about it? I believe that the word for us this year is dream. God wants us to dream. He's looking for people who would dream his dream again, whose eyes would be open again to the beauty and the mystery of what it is to be loved by the King of Kings, a life being transformed by God. We've got every reason to dream big, to hope big. It's like we've begun to apologize for having hope. We've begun to rationalize away the reason to hope anyway. People are like, well, you know, I guess I hope so. We say I hope so as if it's a last-ditch effort, something to say. It's filler language like lorem ipsum, for those of you who have ever designed a website. It's just filler language. We say, well, I don't know, I hope so. Yeah, it's going to be okay. Well, yeah, we'll see. We've lost the ability to dream. For some, it's like we've just turned that function off. And so today I want to I speak a, a message, if you take notes, titled Wildest Dreams. Wildest Dreams. Did anyone think of Taylor Swift right there? Wildest Dreams. Ah, uh, ah. Uh. Wildest Dreams. Yeah, do, do you have wild dreams? Anyone here have a wild dream? 
Does anyone here think like you feel like I'm, I might dream more than most people? Could you put your hands up if that's you? Okay. Does anyone here feel like I maybe dream less than most people? Talking specifically like at night, I don't really dream that much. Can you wave at me if that's you? Okay. Do you know, actually, all of us dream, and science would say, almost every night for our whole life, we're dreaming much of the night. Like, like multiple dreams every single night, every single person. We just forget about 95 to 98% of them. So, so those who might think they dream more than others, it's more likely that they just for some reason or another, maybe they sleep not quite as deeply, they remember a few fragmented details about their dreams. But we're all always dreaming at night. They say, now this is a generalization, but generally speaking, uh, males have more commonly aggressive dreams and females have more commonly conversational dreams. Not, not real shocking in the, that, is it? That generally speaking, guys tend to have more aggressive action-oriented dreams and, and, and women tend to have more interconnected relational types of dreams. In fact, again, this is, is science that, that often males tend to dream more about one individual. It's like them and one, one person, maybe someone they're fighting for some reason. It's like there's always a kung fu battle in their dream for some reason. And, and women tend to, to dream more about groups. Just sort of interesting. About 25% of people actually dream in black and white. Did you know that? Their dreams tend to be black and white. Did anyone here? That's you? You tend to dream more in black and white? Colors? Full colors? What language do you dream in, Esteban? Both languages? Bilingual dreaming. That's a thing that I have never experienced. I've never had a bilingual dream. Mine are all English. All English. We have, have different dreams. They say that probably about six years of, of the average person's life is spent dreaming. That's a long time. That's a lot of dreams. And, and, and for many of us, the dreams that we dream are connected in some way to experiences that we've had within the last 48 to 72 hours. That would, that would make sense to you, right? That you dream something and you wake up and you're like, oh, I know why I dreamed that. Because of the movie that I just watched or the experience I just had at work or the extra jalapenos I had on the pizza last night. I know why I dreamed the dream that I just had. And then for many of us, when we dream, it's like our... Our psyche is practicing what we would do in scenario A, B, C, D. It's working through scenarios, and it's almost like we're, we're training in our dreams. Kind of interesting thing that happens in the midst of dreaming. But we're all dreaming all the time. We always are all dreaming. Do you know that some dreams are nearly universal? Almost all of us in this room have had a dream where we're flying or, or we can we at least like are, are pretty low on gravity and we can leap in big bounds. Most of us have had that dream. Almost all of us have had a dream where we are fleeing and, uh, and kind of frozen and unable to get away from whatever. Almost all of us have had a dream where we're late, okay? We're just late. And, and no matter what, it's like one more thing happens and we never get to the thing that we're trying. Some of you are living that dream every day. You got to change that. But, but we, we've almost all had a dream where we're late. And almost all of us have had a dream where we're under, underclothed or unclothed. Most of us 
uh, especially those who are, are, are older, have had a dream where for some reason they're back in school and they're not ready for the exam they're going to take. No matter how many years it's been since you've graduated or, or they've forgotten a combination to their lock. I think in the, in the days to come, people will be like, I forgot my passcode for my phone. By that type of thing. By the way, I saw a phone in the restroom, if that's yours. My password didn't work on it. I tried it over and over and over until it said it's going to be locked for days. Just kidding. We, we all have, we have some universal dreams. But today I'm not talking about universal dreams as much as this. I want to talk specifically to a dream that you might have for your life. Your wildest dream. For some, you're like, oh, do you mean the dreams at night? Again, not, not so much. I'm not thinking about your craziest, reoccurring, confusing nightmare. Uh, my, my kids often at the breakfast table talk about the dreams they had, and I can tell that some of them are just lying. The younger ones, they just because it's kind of always like, oh, and then like a cartoon rhinoceros came, and then you look up on the wall, and there's like a picture of a rhinoceros. Like, oh, that's where, the, where that came from. They're just like Zion, he's three. He just, oh, man, this crazy dreams happen. And because he gets laughs, he's like, and then um, what happened next? Let me think. And he's just, it's just coming out as he comes. He hasn't figured out yet. I'm not talking about your, your craziest or most confusing dream, but, but what's your wildest dream? What's, what's the thing that, that kind of stirs your passion? What's the thing that, that has you excited? What's the thing maybe that, that you have felt a little bit shy to even articulate because it's like, ah, I don't want to come across too proud, your wildest dream? You know, for some in the room, you'd have a lot easier time articulating it. And it's not because you're more of a dreamer, you're just more of a talker. And then for someone else, they've got also this dream resident inside of their heart. They just haven't figured out how to quite put words to it or haven't figured out who the circle is to share it with. Before we go any further, let's look at Joseph the dreamer, okay? If you have your Bible, turn to the book of Genesis. We're going to jump around a bit today. As is typical at the beginning of a a series, I kind of today want to paint the outlines if I could. Less of the inside of the picture and more put the framework in place so that in the weeks to come, we can actually learn from Joseph's life and not just cherry pick. Is that okay? Book of Genesis, if you can go there, book of Genesis uh, chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37. Now to give a little background, God in his, his grace and just his love, compassion for people, he chooses a, a man named Abraham. And he says, Abraham, I'm going to make you great. And Abraham goes, cool. And God goes, that's right. That's literally the story of Abraham's life, is that he believed and God credited it to him as righteousness. He didn't do anything except for saying, cool. And God's like, that's righteous. It's pretty awesome. And, and he just keeps on reaffirming his, his promise to Abraham. By the way, that's a little bit of a framework for how God works in our lives. In case you got it wrong, God didn't choose you because you're just better than other people. Okay, you got to leave that pride behind. God chose you because he's gracious. He's called us because of his love and mercy, his kindness. It, it's the, the movement of God towards humanity is the person of Jesus, and we're only responding to that. So he chooses Abraham. He goes, I'm, I'm going to make you great. 
like actually genealogically, I'm going to make you great. You're going to have incredible family lineage. And so he has a son named Isaac. And then Isaac has twin boys named Esau and Jacob. And they kind of don't always get along. But, uh, but, but yet they're growing. And so much so that, that Jacob has 12 sons. He's got a big family, okay? And, uh, and, and his sons, there's Reuben and Simeon and Levi and Judah and Gad and Naphtali and Issachar and Zebulun. And, and working our way down, we got Dan. Dan kind of, what, what's with Dan? You got Naphtali. You know, he, he ran out of names. He's like, I don't know, Dan, I guess. Let's go with Dan. It just, it's like one of these things is not quite like the other, right? Dan. Good old Dan. His, what, who's your brother? That, that's Issachar. Wow, very cool name. What does Issachar mean? Yeah, this is my brother, Dan. <laughs> and then you, have, you, you get to, to Joseph. Now, Joseph, the Bible says, he's the 11th of what would be 12 sons. Nothing against you, Daniel Chen in the back. I love you, man. Great name, great heritage. Jacob lived in a land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. And here's an account of Jacob's family. Joseph, a young man. Isn't it funny that the reason I think Dan is just kind of a normal name is just because it lasted? It's just because it was the best one. So we make fun of it because it was the best one that stood the test of time. And nobody's like, Issachar, sick. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. Awkward family dynamic. He brought to their father a bad report about them. We already have learned some things about Joseph, okay? He is the bratty younger brother of 10 elder brothers. He's 17 at the time, and he, he brings a bad report to his dad. He tattles on his brothers. So he's not the most likable character thus far. How many people could identify, perhaps, in your family dynamic, you might be the Joseph, okay? Anybody? Now, Israel, who was Jacob, loved Joseph more than any of his other brothers. Okay, so he's the bratty younger brother who thinks dad needs to be given a report about his siblings, and also he's the most loved. Those two often go hand in hand, don't they? The brattiness and the favor. So he's loved significantly more than his other brothers. Because he'd been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him, and they couldn't speak a single kind word about him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to the dream I just had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves all gathered around mine and they bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he said. Notice that. It wasn't just the dream that they hated, it's the way he delivered it. You might, you might feel like, man, I got haters. I got a dream, and everyone's just hating on it. Maybe it's your delivery. It might not be the content of your dream alone. It could be your delivery, okay? Verse 9, uh, then he had another dream, and he again told his brothers, listen, I had another dream. They're like, oh, boy, can't wait to hear it. And this time, the sun and the moon 
and 11 stars bowed down to me. When he told his father as well and his brothers, his father rebuked him. He said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept this matter in his mind. Just want to establish for you the type of guy that Joseph was maybe at the beginning of his journey. We're going to look at his life over the next few weeks. But just to, to kind of paint the picture, he's the youngest of his brothers at that time. He has one younger brother in the years to come. He's a dreamer. He, he brings bad reports and tattles, and he just doesn't know when to keep his mouth shut. He's always like, guys, guess what? I got this crazy dream that I'm better than all of you. Like, don't tell us that dream. His brothers were jealous of him, but his dad pondered it and thought about it. We'll come back to Joseph in a minute. But, but when it comes to your wildest dream, maybe it has nothing to do with sheaves of grain bowing down to you. It would be crazy if it did. Maybe it has nothing to do with the celestial beings of the sky, heaven, the, the sun and the moon and the stars coming and bowing down to you. Maybe your dream hasn't even been articulated to people, but perhaps you've heard this particular rhetoric on repetition, pursue your dream. You ever heard that? Come on, have you ever heard that? Come on, guys. Am I alone today? Have you ever heard someone tell you to pursue your dreams? Okay, maybe it is even the best go-to advice that someone in your life has. No matter what, the answer to everything is just pursue your dreams. You've probably heard that messaging. You've probably seen a hashtag or two that points you in that direction. It might even be that as you've prepared for 2022, it's like the soundtrack of your life. Pursue your dreams. Go after it. It's part of this modern ideal that anybody can do anything if they just try hard enough, which is a great message unless you feel like I'm trying as hard as I can and nothing's working. Disney lied to me. Pursue your dreams. I want to propose to us today that the, the, the Bible may not tell us we ought to pursue our dreams. It actually would indicate that we ought to weigh our dreams out before we pursue them. That we actually have to weigh and measure the dreams that we have. Just because you dreamed it doesn't necessarily mean you ought to pursue it. In fact, if you look in the book of 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Actually, I believe it's 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2, if you could go there. Because 1 Timothy doesn't have a 22nd verse. 2 Timothy chapter 2, in verse 22, it says this. Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness. Faith, love, peace, along with all those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. If, if the content of your life dream is not righteousness, faith, love, and peace, don't pursue it. Don't pursue it. Don't chase after it. There's a lot of people chasing after things that, that when they find them, they will see how empty they actually are. Don't pursue your dream just because you had your dream. 98% of what we dream at night is forgettable anyway. Maybe you, you feel like, well, I don't know if I dream at night, but I have lots of ideas in the day. Awesome. Keep being an ideator. Keep being imaginative. Keep, keep being what people might label as a visionary. But don't just pursue your dream because you had it. Weigh it out and measure it is the content of my dream. Righteousness, love, faith, and peace? If not, don't pursue it. In fact, furthermore, the Bible says this, that we ought to pursue the kingdom of God. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33, Jesus is speaking. 
and he's speaking to people who are living in a worried time. The people who, the, the worries, the content of their worries are things like, what should I wear and what should I eat? That kind of sounds like our lives. Like, like maybe a lot of what, you go, well, I don't worry about it. I just like thinking about it a lot. And Jesus goes, hey, please don't worry about tomorrow. Because pagans do that. Like people who are lost in their understanding do that. Don't you know that I'm going to take care of you? I got you. I got you. I'm going to take care of, uh, of those, those details. It doesn't mean be a bad planner. He just says, I want you to seek first the kingdom of God. First righteousness. This doesn't just mean uh, first in sequence. It means first in priority. You following me? It's not just do it first and like, there, I sought the kingdom. Now it's my time to worry. It's like, no, let, let the, your seeking of the kingdom just, just outshine everything else in your life. Make God your goal. Make the kingdom of God your priority. And then I'll add all those things to you as well. The, the content of those things is not bad. It could just be that the content of your wildest dreams is good. It's just not big enough to be pursued. It could just be that when you pursue God, he's going to come and give you those other things. He, he says it over and over in Scripture, by the way, that when you seek first the kingdom, then he comes and gives you the desires of your heart. So what's your pursuit this year? The, the detail of your wildest dream? Okay, I got this crazy business idea. Nothing wrong with a business idea. I'm pretty entrepreneurial myself. But, but I want to seek first the kingdom of God. And if I can't fit the content of that dream into a construct where God is preeminent, then I'm not going to pursue it. I'm going to just put it up as, that's yeah, kind of an interesting dream, idea I had. But, but I'm going to keep on pursuing the kingdom. I feel like God was whispering to Joseph the content of his future life, and Joseph just couldn't help himself. He's like, whoa, everyone needs to know this. And I almost feel like God in heaven was like, shh, shh, shh. Dude, this is not going to go well for you. I didn't give you the, the game plan yet. He's like, well, I, don't, I just know the end goal. I'm going to be rich and powerful. Everyone must know. And, and didn't you, don't you think God could also give us the steps to take along the way? Of course he can. And the steps would be things like this. Righteousness, faith, love, peace. I'm going to pursue those things. I'm going to make those the content of my greatest effort and my greatest output of energy, trusting that God would take me there. In fact, look what it says in the book of Ecclesiastes, okay? Ecclesiastes chapter 5. We're jumping all over the scripture today. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 uh, in verse 7. Are you there? I got you there before you. Okay, Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 7. Check this out. It says this, much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Therefore, fear God. Much dreaming and many words are meaningless. Doesn't mean you shouldn't have dreams. It doesn't mean you shouldn't, shouldn't speak words. It just means don't make that the, the, the sum total of your, your life pursuit. Do you have that friend in your circle? Are you that friend in your circle that no matter what the idea is, you're like, oh, yeah, we could. And you just go off on all the things that could happen, possibilities, and then you're like, wow, it's 4.30 a.m., better hit the hay. Woo, good day. And you didn't do anything? You ever had a day where you're like, man, that was a big day, and you look at it, and you're like, I didn't do anything. I just thought and talked all day. I felt that. And here, here Solomon is just saying, like, honestly, as the wisest guy who's ever lived, some of the dreams just aren't worth talking about. 
make the fear of the Lord your first priority. So hold up, Pastor Justin. We're talking about dreamer. We're talking about God has a dream for your life, and then you're saying don't dream. No, I'm not saying don't dream. Not at all. In fact, in fact, God speaks through dreams. Did you know that? God speaks through dreams, certainly dreams that take place at night, and certainly dreams that take place in the day as well. Look what it says in the book of Acts, chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, in verse 17. Acts 2, 17. The early church has just begun. The book of Acts. We're going to study it in Vivid College. you got to be there. Okay, Acts chapter 2, in verse 17. The Holy Spirit has poured out. This group of 120 people are filled with boldness. They start declaring the wonderful works of God in the city. The whole city is turned upside down. People are going, what does this mean? How do you know my language? Like, I don't know. I'm just talking about Jesus, and it's coming out in your language, and you're getting this? That's amazing. And, and it says this, Acts chapter 2 and verse 17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both male and female, I'll pour out my spirit in those days, and they'll prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in earth below, and blood and fire and billows of smoke. God is speaking. It says this, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There is this broad, sweeping promise that God wants to speak to people. He says, young people will see vision, older men will see dreams. As you are noticing, this white is coming in strong. I'm, I'm starting to associate more with the older people in this category. But, but I, I believe they're being used synonymously here, vision and dream. It's, it's talking about seeing with some detail and clarity what God has for them. And, and the reason he says younger and older, he's going, because it's not, you didn't miss it. No matter where you are in your life, you haven't missed it. God still wants to speak to you. The reason it clarifies both male and female is because you are not disqualified no matter what someone has made you think or believe. The reason that, that it clarifies servants is because if you're like, well, I'm not really in the position. I'm just insignificant. I'm working at a minimum wage. This is not my career. I haven't, you, you haven't missed it. God still wants to speak to you right where you're at. God speaks through dreams. In fact, I believe every person who can hear my voice today, God wants to give you a dream a vision, some clarity, some prophetic unction for your future. God wants to speak to you, and he's going to speak to you in dreams, but it might be that you're so busy pursuing the detailed idea that you had that you're missing out on the dream God wants to get into your life. Is that okay? God wants to speak through dreams. So, of course, we ought to dream. We just need to weigh out the content of those dreams. In Job chapter 33, there's this, this story, a man named Job, and he goes through like a really dark time. Ever been there? He goes through like what seems like all heaven and hell have broken out against him. And his, his essential response to God is, how dare you? I've been so good. I compare my life to these guys around me. I'm better than they are. And why are bad things happening to me? And then his friends, these three guys come around him and like, yeah, man, we hear you. But how dare you? And essentially, if you look, it's all poetic, and it sounds lovely, and maybe even Shakespearean. But, but the content of what they say back to, to Job is like, no, no, you're not perfect. You're probably worse than all of us, because worse things are happening to you. And, and so that's their, their tension back and forth. Job goes, no, no, I'm better than you. And they're like, no, you must be worse than us. And they're looking at just the content of the, the happenings around them. And after days of going back and forth, they run out of poems. 
And if you, you, you read or listen to the book of Job, it's just this beautiful flowing poem of Burns, basically. It's just like slam poetry back and forth. They're like, Job's just like slamming God, and then they're all just slamming Job. And eventually there's a young man, his name's Elihu. He's been listening to the whole thing, and he's young. He's like, okay, let me give you the, the, the transliteration. He goes, so I thought you guys would be wiser than me because you're older, but you're all stupid, so now you're going to learn some wisdom from a young guy, okay? And in the midst of his talking, he's like, Job, you keep saying God never talks. God's always talking. If you look in Job 33, in verse 14, he says, God speaks even in your dreams while you're sleeping at night. Because Job's like, God, I just want a moment to defend myself, but you never talk to me. Why are you always quiet? And Elihu's like, dude, God's always talking. Are you serious? And I want to say to you, Vivid Church, God's always talking. He's always talking to you. He's always talking. If he needs to get your attention, he can do so in a dream at night. God's always talking. He's always talking. He has a plan for your life. He has purpose for your life. He has destiny for your future. God's always speaking. So let's be dreamers of his dream. Let's dream the dreams that God has for us. So how do do we know if they are? Let me tell you three things about dreams, okay? Three things about dreams. If if we can learn something from Joseph, a dreamer, a little spoiler alert, his dream comes true, okay? We'll get there by the end of the month. His dream actually comes true. He maybe didn't handle it right in the early days, but his dream came true. Maybe you're not handling the dream God has for your life right right now, but it doesn't mean that it won't come true. There's probably just some lessons to learn along the way. But but here's a few things to be to be noted about dreams. So you can weigh out the content of your dream. Number one, dreams from God aren't just a ripoff. Dreams from God are not just a carbon copy of someone else's life experience. You will not find God's dream for your life on Pinterest. You can't just look at someone else's dream board and go, same. That, that's not the way God's dreams work in our life. There's, it's just not the way he, he functions. God's far too creative for that. It, 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 he isn't looking to extrude us out of a, a, a factory machine as if we're all just sprockets in his big, glorious kingdom machine. You're unique. You're designed. God knew you as you were being formed in your mother's womb. His dream for you is unique and tailor-fit to you. It fits you perfectly. His dream for your life is not just a ripoff. So for a lot of us, we're looking for God's dream for our life by looking at the, the stories of other people's lives. Stop looking there. It's just not how it works. Look what it says in, in the book of, uh, of 1 Corinthians chapter 2 in verse 9. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 in verse 9. I told you there's lots of scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 in verse 9. It says this. However, it is written, no eye has seen and no ear has heard and no human mind has even conceived the things that God has prepared for those who love him. And these are the things that God has revealed through his spirit. God wants to do something in your life that no eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, and your, your mind couldn't even come up with. That probably ought to get you a little more excited than you look right now. God's dreams are not just ripoffs. Don't look at somebody else's family story and go, yeah, that's what I, that's what I want. Don't look at someone else's relationship and go, that's, my, that, that's what I want. Don't look at somebody else's perceived bank account or, or, or business venture and go, oh, that, that's my dream. God has a dream for you that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no heart has conceived. 
It's not just a ripoff. Number two, second thing you need to know about dreams. If we're going to weigh out the content of our dreams and, and see if perhaps uh, this is coming from the Lord, dreams from God aren't just our own imagination, which is great because they're not limited to the capacity that our imagination has. Dreams from God are not just you sitting down and go, okay, I'm going to have one right now. Okay, let's see. Dreams, like God's dream for your life is not just like uh, like playing the game MASH. Mansion, apartment, shed. Danny played that game. Shed, house. It's not just, you know, mashing together your own ideas for your life until you find a combination you like and go, yes, I'm going to make this my dream. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20, it says this, that, that God is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask for or even imagine according to his power at work within us. If your dream for your life is, is, is contained by your own imagination, it's too small. God can do more than that. How much more? Immeasurably more. It would be silly to compare them. It would be foolish to, to, to see. It would be like, you know, showing up at, at a, a playground where there's a seesaw and going like, I wonder, I wonder who's heavier, me or my infant. I don't know. Let's find out. I don't know. And getting on one side and being shocked that you launched them into outer space. Wow, I just didn't see that coming. That's how much, like it's immeasurably more. You don't even need to compare them. You don't need to weigh them out and go, well, this is the idea I had. God's idea for you is, is so much more than that. It's immeasurably more. And so for each of us, I would say, even if you feel like, I think I know what God has for my life, like begin to stretch the boundaries of that imagination. And no matter how far you're able to push yourself, you haven't even begun to get to where, where God has for you. Is that cool? Is that okay? I know I'm saying word don't. Or, or aren't, this is not what God's dream is, but I hope it's encouraging to you. It's not just a ripoff, and it's not just the sum total of your imagination, which is great for a person who doesn't feel all that creative. Awesome. His dream for your life is not capped by your creativity. It's not. Number three, thirdly, God's dreams for our life aren't just for us. If it's a dream that comes from God, it's not just for you. See, Joseph... The best he could figure out of this dream is like, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to be the central figure. I'm going to be the main character, and you guys are all going to bow down to me. This dream for me is amazing. What Joseph didn't know at the time is the dream he had was actually for all of them. He just didn't handle it well yet. We'll get there over the course of the month. He didn't handle yet the content of that dream in a way. He hadn't figured out what it was in a way that would impact others. It wasn't time to talk about it's like, Joseph, that was not time to start workshopping this idea yet. God was giving you just a glimpse of what was to come. God's dreams for our life are not just for us. Look what it says in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 19. Isaiah 43 and 19. It says this. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Don't you perceive it? Don't you perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness. I'm bringing streams into the wastelands. God's dream for your life is not just for you. If your dream were to come true, your wildest dream, just imagine it for a second, your wildest dream. 
if at the end of the day that only impacts your life, it wasn't God's dream. Maybe it's just a, just a glimpse of it, but it's certainly not the content of God's dream for your life. If it coming true only would affect you. What God wants to do in your life will actually affect the world around you. It'll actually be useful for serving other people. That's what it is to seek first his kingdom. Let's go to Romans. We're going to end in Romans today, okay? Romans chapter 11. Joel, if you could come back to the stage. Romans chapter 11. Look at this description that Paul gives. Right before he, he challenges us to think differently, right before he challenges us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, he says this, Oh, the depths. This is uh, Romans 11.33. Oh, the depths of the riches and the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are God's judgments. His paths are beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been God's counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him for from him and through him and to him are all things? To him be glory forever. Amen. Let me read that last verse again. For from him and through him and for him are all things to him. Be glory forever. Amen. Here's how you weigh out your dream. A dream that comes from God is only possible through God. And the end result is that it will be for God and all the glory will go to God. A dream that comes from God is only going to be possible through God. If you're like, I got this crazy dream and if I work real hard for three weeks, my dream will come true. That wasn't a dream from God. If it comes from God, it's only possible through God. So that you and I can't boast and say, I made my dream come true. Good for you. You made a small dream come true, and it's going to pass away. If it's a dream that comes from God, it's only possible through God. And the end result is for God. Maybe for some of you just haven't figured out how to fi fix that piece yet. Like, I got this crazy big dream. It would be a miracle if it happened. So what if it happens? Well, then I get to cut God out of my life. be amazing. Well, no, that's not a dream from God. A dream that comes from God is only possible through God, and then the end result is that it's for God, and guess who gets the glory? It's all to God. In the end, no one's going to go, wow, you made your dream come true. You're going to be positioned with a testimony. Well, I just had this dream from God, and then he made it happen, and so I just want to give it all to him, and, and he gets all the glory. That's how you know you're, the content of your dream is worth pursuing. Can I pray for you across the room? Would you bow your heads? Here's my prayer, okay? This is not just a universal prayer. This is specific to your life. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 2 that you have the mind of Christ. That means you can think thoughts that have been touched by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You have the mind of Christ. Jesus, I pray that you would lift off of us the constraints of our small imagination. I ask that you would set us free from the, the boundaries that, that we've placed on ourselves or have been placed by others based on what's already happened. I ask that we wouldn't imagine a future that's just based on the, the, the circumstances of our past. But instead, Lord, with the mind of Christ, I ask that you'd speak to every person in this room, that in the days and the weeks to come, as we start this year, that you would help us to dream your dream for our lives. 
God, I repent that I've often dreamed dreams too small. I repent that at times I have rushed to talk about something that you have not yet given clarity on. I pray that in our youthful vigor, we wouldn't miss out on the the content of your dream. I thank you, Lord, that you choose us, not because we are in the right standing in life. Your word says that you give dreams to the rich and the poor. And you choose us not based on, on, on our position, not based on our gender, not based on our age. In these last days that we're living in, you are pouring out your spirit on all flesh. You are giving dreams to your sons and your daughters, both young and old, both rich and poor, those who are close and those who are far. Your word says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord is saved. I pray, God, that you would give us something tangible to hold on to, to pursue, and to work for. And I ask right now that if you make clear to us things that are not fitting in your dream for our life, that we'd have the courage to let them go, to drop them by the wayside, and to not be slowed down by those things. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. With eyes closed and heads bowed, let me ask you this. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, just have, having the dream of what he wants you to do, is it's like out of order. More than what you should do with your life, God wants you to know that your life is found in him. He actually wants to renew your mind today and to give you new life. If that's you, you don't know Jesus as your Savior, today's your day. With no one looking around, heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You say, I want to I start this year off right in relationship with God. I've never repented of my sin or I have just been completely doing my own thing, not living in alignment at all with the ways of God. I need to return to him. If that's you with no one looking around, can you just lift your hand so I can see it? I want to pray with you as we begin this year that you could know that you know that you know. Yeah, I see you. That you know you're in right relationship with God. Anyone else? You say, that's me today. Yep, I see you. Who else? You say, that's me today. I want to get, get in the right place with God relationally. I need to repent and realign my life. Yeah, I see you. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I see you. Anybody else? Just give you one more moment. The amazing thing is whether or not I see you, God knows the exact detail. And the words that I say are pretty, pretty powerless. It's actually you speaking words in faith. So I'm going to give you some words that you can use. But you got to add your faith to them. And the Bible says that by God's grace, through that faith that you have right now, you, you can experience salvation, realignment with God's purpose for your life. You can pray a prayer just like this. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I trust you with my life. I repent of my sin. And I receive your grace and forgiveness. Thank you for loving me. Help me to live according to your purpose. In Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Before we sing this this simple course, let me ask you this. First of all, if you prayed that prayer, I'm so proud of you. I'm excited for you. We'd love to encourage you in your next steps. Before you leave today, why don't you just let someone know, either someone in this room or stop and fill out a Connect card and say, I prayed that prayer today. We'd love to encourage you in your next steps. But let me ask you this, okay? You can open your eyes, lift your head. If you feel like you know, I'm somewhere in this journey of dreaming. Maybe you're like, I'm at the very beginning, and I, I, I want to have some clarity about what God has for my life. Maybe you feel like you're, you're partway through, like, I, I'm getting some clarity, but wow, this might just be me because this seems crazy. 
Or maybe you feel like I'm pretty invested into this thing and I don't know how God's going to make it happen. Well, the things that come from him are only going to be possible through him. In the end, it will be for him and the glory will go to him. That's how we'll know. But if that's you, say I'm somewhere in this process and I could use some, some boldness in the days to come. Could you just, just stand up where you are? I want to pray with you before we leave. Just stand up where you are. If you're like, I'm in that process of dreaming. I'd love to, but I don't have faith for it yet. Or I'm dreaming, but it just seems crazy. Or, or I'm so invested, I don't see where the miracle's coming. Jesus, right now, as we stand in your presence, we recognize again your lordship in our situation. You are king of kings. You are majestic. You are powerful and you're capable. I pray right now all the provision of heaven to move on behalf of your sons and daughters in this place. I thank you for the dreams that have come from you, and we know they're only available through you. So to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ask for or imagine according to his power at work within us, God, be glorified in our lives and in your church. Be glorified, God, as we see your dreams for our life begin to unfold. We commit again today that all the glory goes to you, that we do this and we pursue this energy for you because you are the king of kings above it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Boldness, courage, confidence, and peace in the days ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. If you believe that, would you say amen? We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church Podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.